Good morning, Graceway. Today is Wednesday, October the twenty-third, and this is Dohi and Enoch from the Morning Bible Study Teaching Team. We now find ourselves in the second half of the Gospel according to Mark, where we find the disciples no less confused about who Jesus is and what he came to do. We'll pick up right where we left off on Monday. If you want to follow along, we'll be reading from the NRSV. I'll be reading the role of the narrator. I'll be reading the part of Jesus. Let's begin. Mark chapter nine, verses thirty to thirty-seven. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, "The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again." But they did not understand what he was saying. And were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, "What were you arguing about on the way?" But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, "Whoever wants to be first must be last of all, and servant of all." Then he took a child. And put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, "Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me." So you know the passage we just read is typically divided into two separate sections with separate headings. The first as Jesus again foretells his death and resurrection, and the second as who is the greatest. However, if we take away the divider and read the this section as one whole, it allows us to see how one makes sense of the other. What do you mean by that? Well, so here we are in the middle of the gospel where Jesus again tells his disciples that he will be betrayed into human hands, that they will kill him, and that three days after he he would rise again. Oh yeah, this isn't the first time that Jesus tells them this. I mean, yeah, you know,、uh, just last week we talked about、uh, Peter confessing Jesus as the Messiah, and then Jesus tells them that he's going to be rejected, killed, and rise again. And you know, here we see the same thing. Jesus tells them a second time, but you know, just as they did that first time, the disciples still don't get it. Yeah, but I mean, do you really blame them? I don't know. You know, it's like. Uh, it's hard to blame the disciples for not being able to make sense of what Jesus is telling them. I mean, they have no framework of understanding. After all, if Jesus is really the promised Messiah, then in the world that they live in and know, kings and rulers they don't die for their people to establish their kingdom. Rather, it's the people who are expendable and are called to die for their king. Anyone back then would be familiar with the rules of play and like the social order that. They belong to that says in this world, it's the least who are the most expendable. Yeah, it makes sense why the disciples would be so confused. I mean, like before Jesus, you know, all the stories they hear about typically, you know, God showing up in big ways through figures like Moses, Elijah, Elisha, you know, smiting the enemies.、Um, so I guess the only framework of understanding they have is these spiritual giants, right? They probably think what's going to happen is they're going to show up and God's going to smite their enemies. Right. Yeah, and then we're told in verse thirty-two that not only did they not understand what Jesus was saying, but they were afraid to ask him to explain what he meant. 
So rather than including him in their discussions, as they just talked amongst themselves, kind of secretively,、um, so as not to allow Jesus to hear them, as if Jesus wouldn't know what they were arguing about.、Um, but it's not until they reach the house in Capernaum that Jesus finally asks them, "What were you arguing about on the way?" Yeah, we're not really given any details of what that argument might have been about. I'm sure we can get, you know, kind of an idea. We've all experienced a situation where people are, you know, trying to one up one another.、Um, and you know, if we just peek a little ahead to the next chapter in chapter ten, we see James and John sort of asking Jesus to see if they can get like the seats of honor, right,、mm-hmm. right next to him on the left and the right when he sits in glory. And the other ten t- disciples are real angry with them when they hear about this. That's right.、Um, so when then Jesus asks them, "What were you arguing about?" the disciples don't answer. They actually stay silent. It's actually Mark who fills in the gap by reporting to us that the disciples were arguing with one another about who was the greatest. But Jesus knew. He knew that they were arguing about who was the greatest. And how do we know that? Because he sits the twelve down and says to them. Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. What do you think he means by that? I think Jesus is redefining greatness. It's more than flipping the top and the bottom. It's about being everyone's slave. It's about taking notice of everybody and what they need and how best to accommodate and welcome them. Normally, we think that the great one is the one who does not have to serve but is served. But here, Jesus is saying that the one Who is actually the best servant is the one who is the greatest. Yeah, this servant part seems to be pretty key, right? I mean, you know, we have a lot of talk in our society today about paying attention to the marginalized, but Jesus seems to be saying, like, you know, it's he's not saying like the marginalized should be the ones who have power, you know, rather than vice versa. You know, the kind of revolution he's looking for seems to be going much deeper. Right, and he illustrates this by bringing a child and picking him up in his arms. Think about how tender this act is. Not only that, how shocking it must have been. Yeah, I mean, like in their time, you know, there's a very clear pecking order, right? You know, there's the husband at the top, the wife and the servants below him, and then the children, pretty much at the very bottom. I mean, you know, they're the ones、right. who are no better than slaves, right? According to Paul in Galatians,、um, and here's Jesus saying, "Anyone who welcomes a child in my name welcomes me." And、anyone who welcomes me also welcomes the one who sent me. You know, his language of welcome makes it clear that you know Jesus is not saying the kid should be the parent and the parent the kid. Right, right. I mean, this passage is so difficult for us to understand today because parents are so obsessed with their child's well-being and future. I mean, parents obsess about what they feed their child, what preschool they should go to. I mean, every little detail of their lives. But it's not. Because the child is the least among us today, but because the child becomes a measure for one's own greatness,、mm-hmm. people feel good or bad about themselves depending on how their child does in comparison to other people's children. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is asking us to think about what those at the very bottom in any scenario have to do, and that we should be willing to do what they do. Hmm. So like. True power isn't the ability to make others do what they want,、uh, what you want, but be able to like accommodate to what other people need. Yeah, I mean, my sister talks to me all the time about 
working in the government. She's witnessed bosses who just use the people under them to build their own reputation. They take all the credit for things that they didn't really do, and if it goes right, it's all to their credit. And if something goes wrong, it's never their fault. But Jesus seems to be saying that when you get to the top, your responsibility actually increases. Where now, if any of the people who are below you screw up, you're willing to take responsibility for it and clean up after their mess. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy about it is that Jesus is saying, if you do it because of Him, right, and you do it for someone because of Him, you're actually doing it for Jesus, right? Too, right? I mean, He's also saying, like. You want to know how to serve me? Serve everyone else. If you can serve everyone else, you're serving me, right? Like this is really weird, right? Like、mm-hmm. if you want to be great, the way to be great is actually to be willing to serve, not just you know a few people, but everyone. Yeah. So I guess then、um, it makes me ask a question: What motivates us to excel in anything? Is it to not have to do more work? Or is it so that we'll be able to help others with theirs?、Hmm. So we'll leave you with that,、um, and we look forward to seeing you again on Friday. This is Dohee and Enoch signing out.